Shalom mishpocha. Shalom family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word, means family. <laughs> We're the mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile, it's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar, all the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone, everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Well, my guest, Stephen Brooks, is red hot for the Messiah. Uh, Stephen and his wife, Kelly, were guest teachers on one of our trips to Israel. And there are a couple of things that I remember about that uh, trip to Israel, Stephen. One was there were uh, amazing aromas uh, in the atmosphere near where you were praying for people. Do you remember that? Yes, the Holy Spirit loves to bring forth the fragrances of the Lord Jesus in the meetings. And when that anointing starts flowing, we really get over into the glory realm. And it, it's, um, what are the different aromas, uh, roses, what else have you seen? Well, I'd say the, uh, the first and foremost fragrance that comes forth is roses. But uh, there's all types of uh, fragrances that would be considered like high-end perfumes, like you would think you went into a high-end perfume store in Paris. There, the, the Holy Spirit begins to release these. Why, un- why, why does the Holy Spirit do that? It, it, is a, it is a manifestation of God's love for his people. And so when the people begin to smell these fragrances, it is a token sign from God that I love you. And it's an expression of his love that's actually tangibly perceived through our sense of smell. And, of course, people were healed. Tell me about the person that was healed from MS. Well, she had multiple sclerosis for 20 years in severe pain every day. And this is when while we were there in, in Israel, of course, and I, I laid hands on her and prayed for her, and she was instantly healed. Now, this has been four years now. She contacted my ministry two weeks ago just to say hello. She hmm. said she's still completely healed, no pain in her body. It totally left her that day when I prayed for her in that meeting. Uh, you know, when I see you operate and when I know what you teach, it's hard for me to believe that you had to unlearn some bad teaching from being a brand new believer. Uh, but you know what? Most people have to unlearn some bad teaching. <laughs> That's true, isn't it, Sid? You know, we have to renew our minds. And when it uh, talks about in Romans 12, verse 2, about renewing our minds, that word renew actually means to renovate. So you can take an old house and renovate it, make it brand new. That's what I had to do with my thinking because I had years and years of teaching and thinking that said there's no more miracles today. Uh, the supernatural has ceased. Did, did and, it ever, Stephen, did it ever cross your, your mind um, the devil's supernatural? Look at all sickness and disease. That hasn't stopped. So why would God's supernatural stop? It doesn't right. even make logical sense. No, it doesn't. And I'm sure the devil just loved our teaching because we also, because we're ruling out the supernatural to a large degree, just ruled him out as well. And, you know, he likes, he likes it when we act like he's not there. We need to be aware of his activities. Now our focus is on the Lord, but the supernatural is, is certainly all around us, and we need to be aware of that. How did you get your breakthrough? I mean, I, I'm always reminded of playing tennis. Uh, they always say, Get some lessons rather than just figure it out yourself because 
you'll figure it out wrong. And you <laughs> might as well do it right the first time because it's twice as hard. How did you get your breakthrough from being taught in, in, in the theological term as a cessationist? Uh, in other words, the miracles have ceased. Uh, how did you make the change? Well, that old saying that it's better caught than taught, I started seeing it. I, I started seeing miracles in meetings. I started seeing people healed. And so I had to question my former theology. And not only that, the Holy Spirit began to touch me. It wasn't just like I was watching others, but the Lord began to touch me. And I began to have unusual encounters with the Lord, and I got filled with the Spirit, and my life began to change. And so the power of God for the first time became a reality in my life. Was there a point where you thought, well, maybe this is the devil? Because of all the, the, the training you had, I have to tell you myself, because I got saved at 30, and I was involved in the New Age before I became a believer, right. and the first things I saw in the supernatural, oh, that's what they did in the New Age. Well, the devil had me coming and going. What happened was the New Age was the counterfeit of the authentic. When I saw the authentic, I said, oh, it looked like the New Age. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, the devil had a field day with me. I'm just curious with you. Well, I just, when I saw it, I was just running for it wild, uh, wide open, so to speak. And I had to trust the Lord that I wasn't going to get, how can I say, burned. But I felt such joy. And when, when it's the Lord, there's a holiness, there's a peace, there's a purity. And it just removed any doubts. It removed any uh, uh, misgivings. And I knew this is the Lord. This is too pure. This is, this is glorifying the Lord. So the the deeper I went with the Lord, the greater Jesus was exalted before my eyes. I knew this this is all of God. What was the first miracle either you received yourself or you um, prayed for someone that was very notable? One of the first miracles that really touched me uh, was a personal miracle. I had torn uh, a biceps uh, muscle in my arm. I also tore a uh, chest muscle uh, doing uh, weight training exercises. And at once, the Lord healed both muscles. I felt a divine warmth come over my body and also that presence of God, which was so engulfing with love and peace. And it stayed on me for about two minutes, and then it lifted. And when it lifted, I knew I was healed, that those two muscles were either reattached or uh, something miraculously had happened because I, even on my chest muscle when I was working out, I, I heard and felt it snap. It felt like a rubber band snapping. Mm. And I thought, oh, Lord, I've torn my uh, pectoral muscle. But I went out after that tremendous visitation of God's healing power. I went out and did a full workout. No pain, no trouble, uh, no stiffness, just as if they had never been torn in the first place. Uh, you know, one of the things I've noticed, Stephen, is that uh, – when someone has a victory in an area, uh, someone had cancer and they were healed of cancer, yes. they have extraordinary faith for anyone with cancer. Absolutely. Uh, so, and as you were sharing what God did for you, the presence of God got so strong that I believe you could pray right now for people suffering from torn muscles or pain and they'd be healed. I believe God will do it right now. There's somebody with a knee. Your knee has been damaged and 
uh, as we would say in sports, you've blown your knee out. The Lord's going to heal that knee. If this is you and you have a torn muscle, you've damaged yourself, whether on a, a job accident or a sports injury, put your hand on that body part right now. Lord Jesus, I release your healing power now into that body part. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Now receive that healing power. Receive that healing power and begin to move your body around. You'll see that that pain is leaving, that the miracle is unfolding right now. I have to tell you, Stephen, when my producer first told me uh, about your new book, How to Operate in the Gifts of the Spirit, and your three-CD set, Experiencing Miracles in Your Everyday Life, my first thought was, does the world need another book on gifts of the Spirit? So I questioned her. And what she said to me is, this is the first one we've seen that is really a how-to, not just theory. It, it, uh, you teach from the scriptures, uh, you pray, you uh, talk about how God uses you in these areas, and it's not just a how-to book, but it's so simple. How yes. could all the gifts, the nine gifts of the Spirit, be so simple? Well, I want it to demystify the gifts. Sometimes we, we view the gifts as only operating through super ministers or those who might have an uh, international-type ministry, and we think, well, I could never experience uh, something like that. But the, but the gifts are for the believers, and it is potentially available for a believer to experience all nine gifts operating in their life. But we have to understand what they are. So I made the teaching just as simple as possible. The teaching is thorough. The teaching has depth. But at the same time, it's practical where even if a teenager or a child reads the book, they're going to be moving in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I know you operate in all nine gifts. And, you know, it's one thing for someone to teach theory. But it's much better for someone to teach that something they have actually walked through. Um, but what are your strongest gifts, Stephen? The strongest gifts are the gifts that pertain to my primary calling. Uh, along with preaching and teaching the Word, I need the gifts of the Spirit to confirm the Word. So for me, it is uh, the gift of special faith and gifts of healings followed by the working of miracles. So I put a tremendous reliance upon what we would classify as the power gifts because I need them almost in every meeting. Because if I'm going to pray for the sick, I need these gifts to be in manifestation. Uh, If they're not in manifestation, I'll still pray for people, but I'm just praying now by faith. But when those gifts come, now I'm not just praying by faith. It's faith coupled with the anointing and a divine empowerment that goes beyond anything Stephen Brooks has. Tell me one miracle that because of the operation of the, uh, of the supernatural gift of faith. We've had uh, many miracles, uh, Sid, take place in the ministry over the years. While we were in Israel in 2009, for instance, there was a uh, young man, 14 years old, who had flat feet, flat as a pancake. He took his shoes off, took his socks off. I looked at his feet. I'd already prayed for about 200 people. He was the last person I prayed for, and most of the crowd had dispersed. And I told the remaining people, about 20 people, I said, if you want to see a genuine, bona fide miracle with your own eyes, come watch. The Lord's going to create arches in this young man's feet. Well, well, well how'd you know that? Special faith. Super faith came on me. And now, I just when knew. super faith comes on you, is it, it's a knowing? Is it a feeling? What is it? It's a feeling that makes you bold, uh, so bold that 
you would do something, step out and do something you wouldn't normally do. And faith. Like walk on water. Absolutely. You wouldn't normally do that because you, you know you're going to sink. Right. But that gift of faith comes on you. You'll step out and step into something that's beyond your own ability to do. So that faith came to pray for him to receive a miracle. And I knew he was going to get it. And I asked people to watch. And I said, now, when I pray, don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. Watch his feet. And I held his feet in, in my hands as he sat down. I held his feet in my, in my hands. And I, uh, I began to pray for the left foot. And before I could even get the prayer out, in the name of Jesus, whoop, arches appeared. Uh, A perfectly formed arch appeared. And uh, then the other foot, a perfectly formed arch appeared. Uh, You know, Stephen, that sure beats orthotics. (laughs) That's the best the world can do. Hallelujah. We're out of time. But I want you to get his three-CD set, Experiencing Miracles in Your Everyday Life. It's a how-to, how to catch how to see, and how to experience consistently miracles in your life. For any believer can step into this realm. And his brand new book, and the the operative term, it's a how-to, and it's so simple, how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit for a gift of $35. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. Nine seven. You know, Stephen, Jesus said, unless we become like a little child, we won't enter the kingdom of heaven. And so if you make it so theological and so complex, it's not childlike and it won't even operate. (laughs) That's true, Sid. If we use big, gigantic words that nobody understands, we're going to lose a lot of people. So we, we need to speak in a language that people connect with. And when Jesus taught he used modern-day parables of his time that the common people could connect with what he was saying and understand his teaching. Well, to me, one of the most—and we're going to be talking a, a little bit about all the gifts this week, uh, and I believe many are, of them are going to start operating, those listening to us, as, as well as, as you, Stephen. Uh, but one of the major areas that if Christians don't have operating in their life, they're going to get into big trouble because the times and seasons that we're living in is called discerning of spirits. What is that? Well, that's one of my favorite gifts out of the nine. And I think the, one of the reasons I love this gift so much is because I used to be absolutely clueless as to what it was. I would read it in the Bible. It would say discerning of spirits. And I just said, Lord, I'll be honest, I don't have any clue what this gift is. Can you explain it to me? Can you unravel this gift for me? Now, many people, they call it uh, the gift of discernment, but that's not what the Bible calls it. It's actually the gift of discerning of spirits. And so it is the ability to see, hear, taste, touch, or smell in the spirit realm. And I think what we have done, Sid, in the church over the past decades, is we, we have limited this gift to only seeing in the spirit realm. Uh, people say, I'm, I'm having the gift of discerning of spirits operate. I see something in the spirit realm. Well, it does involve seeing, but just as we have five natural senses, we also have all of our spiritual senses. And, and just as if uh, we wanted to eliminate four of our natural senses, we would not find 
function that well. The same thing happens in the spirit realm. That's true. And I have found out that uh, through the study of the, of the human body that one of the senses we rely on greatly is our sense of smell. And uh, some experts say we actually put a greater reliance upon smell than we even do on sight. And that might seem a little bit difficult to comprehend, but uh, smell can be so powerful that it can, it can even trigger memories that we had maybe uh, in early childhood. So we put a lot of emphasis on the things we smell, and it is possible to see in the spirit realm uh, through discerning of spirits. Now, when we discern spirits, that includes the, the realm of evil spirits, such as uh, demons or uh, even Satan himself, but it also includes the realm of, of God's kingdom, of uh, of the Lord. It includes angels. It includes that entire uh, perspective. And it could even include discerning of human spirits. You know, I, I have heard of people that uh, have a marvelous gift of healing for cancer. And they literally can smell a cancer spirit. Have you ever heard of this? Yes, I've been in conferences or in meetings when I'm praying for the sick, and I can smell the evil spirits of sickness and disease. And depending upon the predominant type of sickness that is maybe in that meeting, you can smell that. So if, if cancer is the big bad guy that's uh, doing the most damage in that meeting, you can actually smell that demon of cancer. See, these are unclean spirits. Wait, wait a second. You said demon of cancer. Do you believe that cancer is a d- demonic origin? Absolutely. I believe these things have... Now, now see, uh, I, I grew up with my mother working in the medical industry, and th- they would look at all of these types of things as being uh, germs, diseases, and all in that category. But from a biblical perspective, you begin to see and understand the spirit realm. You see there's things behind this. And as we look at these diseases, there are uh, categories and legions of evil spirits that are assigned to different types of sicknesses. And they'll attack a person's body, and uh, we have to be able to resist them. And we also thank God for his healing power to drive these spirits out and for the healing to come back into the body. Tell me about the time that you and your wife, Kelly, smelled a skunk. Well, that was interesting. How about that in the meeting, to be smelling the skunk? I don't think I'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, this is not a, a, a real skunk. But what took place is that I had been invited to a conference. I was one of the primary speakers. I had already spoken, and I was sitting down relaxing, and they had another person come up and speak, but this person wasn't on the schedule. I didn't even know this person was invited to the meeting. I'd never met this person before. I didn't even know who this person was. But the moment this speaker went up and began their session of speaking and ministering to the people, the very moment this person opened their mouth, a, a fragrance was released, and it was that of a skunk. And it smelled awful. And the Holy Spirit said, be careful. Be careful, because this person is going to operate in occult powers. Now, just out of curiosity, you smelled this. Your wife smelled this. Did anyone else? Well, the moment that skunk fragrance came out, I smelt it, and my wife turned to me and said, well, we've got a skunk up there. I said, I know, but I can't do anything about it. But we'll just be on our toes spiritually. And I think out of the, uh, out of the whole group, maybe, maybe 500 people, you maybe only had uh, three or four people that picked up on that. And the, the reason that the Holy Spirit does that is for your protection. And it is, it's a protection that says, be careful. I mean, I, I mean, can you imagine in the days and times we're living in, as I study end times and what's going to be happening to the world, to have that edge, to be able to know 
good from evil with the spiritual senses, how powerful that is. See, these gifts uh, are for our profit. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us that, that these gifts are for our profit, not for our failure. So since they're for our profit, they'll help us succeed in the different dimensions of our life calling. And just as I knew that, be careful, something's about to happen here. You know, I found out later as I did a little research on that speaker that this person was known for manifesting false signs and wonders and and then just moving over into some really bizarre teachings that are not biblical. So the person had a bad track record that went back for decades, but this was a new place where this person had never ministered before. So, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, he will help us and protect us so that we're not misled or taken advantage of in, in certain areas. Now, you talked about uh, smelling things that are evil, whether it's sickness or someone with a uh, an evil spirit. Uh, but on yesterday's broadcast, you talked about the encouragement God gives us with beautiful aromas, which I smelled when you were ministering in Israel. Yes, one of the most common uh, fragrances being roses, but also right there with them will begin to swirl different fragrances that smell like beautiful perfumes. Now, wh- why why are, do the fragrances change? I mean, is there a reason that you're aware of? I think the primary reason is because the Holy Spirit is in control of the meeting. So he's, everything will, is exciting. Everything, you never know what the Lord wants to do. So we, if we yield to the Holy Spirit, uh, while there will be con- a consistency in a person's style of ministry, it'll always come out a little bit different because the Holy Spirit is involved. And so different types of fragrances. Well, now, well, for instance, if there's creative miracles, is there something that you, you've seen with a, with a fragrance? Well, over the years, every time that the Holy Spirit moves me over into the realm of creative miracles, there is a certain fragrance that follows my ministry. It uh, has a very musky type smell. And it's a beautiful smell. It's it's not from this world. If I could bottle it, I, I think I could make a fortune. But it, it, it's a glorious smell, and it's a thick, musky smell. Did you and, did you smell that when that uh, person had the arches created in their foot? Yes, it was swirling all around us. Huh. It was like a uh, like a a um, like a wind was blowing it all through us, all around us, like a a, a mini little cyclone. And this fragrance was just swirling. And it was out of this world. And you would think uh, hundreds and hundreds of flowers were uh, being laid all around us. But this particular fragrance comes forth when I get into that anointing to pray for miracles, uh, even creative miracles, that fragrance will come. And what happens, Sid, is when I begin to smell it, it just causes my faith to go through the roof. And others that begin to smell it also, they begin to come alive in their faith. Now, suddenly, it's not just my faith. Now we have a corporate faith. Well, I have to tell you, I was looking around to see what woman had all that perfume on her, and there wasn't anyone around you. And I figured, no, it's not Stephen. I'm just that, teasing. That's right. I don't wear a lady's perfume, but the Lord, he'll bring in these tremendous fragrances. And really, if, if you could see into the spirit realm, what you would see is angels pouring out vials of perfume. Uh, these it would look like uh, bowls or basins of perfume are being poured into the meeting of a spiritual substance, and it just goes all through uh, the meeting room. Okay, we're, we're talking about things that are normal to us, but with the, those that are listening, 
They don't see it in their congregations. They don't see it in their lives. Are you telling me every Christian that's filled with the Holy Spirit can operate in some of these gifts, if not all? They can, and they if a person is open, the Holy Spirit will take you into it. Said I did a meeting uh, a year and a half ago, and in the back of the of the conference room, there was a lady, highly educated, very brilliant lady, but this was, this was new to her, these movings of the Spirit. She had never been in a meeting in her life where these types of things were taking place. And there was another lady standing in the back of the room watching her, and she told me later what had taken place. This highly educated lady was saying, this does not logically make any sense. How is this taking place where for 10 seconds you'll have the whole room filled with the fragrance of vanilla, then the next 10 seconds the whole room fills with the fragrance of cinnamon, and then then on and on it goes? How does that happen? And it's because it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we'll open up to the Lord, we'll be taken into the glory realm, and the gifts of the Spirit will begin to flow. Stephen, you operate in the gifts of healing. What, what is that? Healing basically is a restoration of your body back to a healed condition. A person could be sick. They could have injured their body. And it's bringing that body back into a healed state by the power of God. And so we have the gifts of healings, and it's plural. And so there could be— And, a, and, and a lot of people miss that. Uh, they think it's the gift of healing. But in the Greek, it's the gifts, plural. What, why, why is it gifts versus gift? Well, that's a great question. Now, in my line of ministry, I have to pray for all types of sick people. But you can still notice if, as these gifts are released into the, the body of Christ that you can be a person where you might not really have an anointing to pray, to pray for blind people, but you can find a tremendous gifting to pray for those perhaps with back problems or maybe with knee problems. So the gifts of healings is plural. And you can have a specific anointing to pray for a specific condition, and you can develop that and become very strong in it. Now, not only can you develop it, but I personally believe if you contend, uh, like it, it, it tells us to pray for prophecy, if you contend for the gifts, at some point God's going to meet you. God met you on the gifts of healing. Tell me about the day that you were anointed for that. I'll never forget it, said it was a special day in my life. Up to this point, I'd been in the ministry for 10 years, and I functioned primarily as a prophet and as a teacher. I would go to meetings and minister the Word, and then I would prophesy, sometimes prophesy over every person in the meeting. And that was the, the primarily the limit of my ministry. But one day while traveling on to my next meeting, I stopped in Texas, and I stayed at my brother's house for a few days I was sitting in the living room of my brother's home. We were talking when suddenly my daughter came running into the living room, screaming and crying. She said, Daddy, they're all over me. Get them off of me. And I said, what? And she said, the fire ants. Well, what had happened, she had already brushed them off. They had fallen off, but she had gotten bit about 35 times. She had red whelps breaking out all over her legs. So she felt they were still there because the pain was there. That's right. She was scared and, uh, and a little bit hysterical. So... I took her to a a side room, and I said, I'm going to pray for you. And when I uh, laid my hands on her legs, a heat came up on my hands. For the first time, my hands became like they were on fire. I laid my hands on her legs, and every single red whelp just instantly disappeared. And then she went right out, no more pain, no more crying. I said, Lord, what was that? I've never had that happen before. He said, from this day forward, you will operate in the gifts of healings. 
I said, Lord, why have you given me this gift? He said, I just want to bless you. He said, I love you. He said, you'll always have this gift for the rest of your ministry. Let me ask you a question that comes to mind. What is, in your opinion, the favorite healing you've seen when you've operated in this gift? What comes to mind? What comes to mind is a classic example of a healing that a person received because they simply released their faith. She was a young girl. She was about 16 years of age. I was going down the healing line. I probably prayed for about 400 people. She was the last person in line. And she had scoliosis of the spine. And it was a severe case of scoliosis of the spine. She had to wear a back brace every day of her life, 22 hours out of every 24 hours. So as I worked my way down towards the end of the line, she told her mother, she said, she said, Mom, I want to take off the back brace. I'm going to have Stephen Brooks pray for me, and I believe Jesus will heal me. She got in line. I said, what do you need prayer for? She said, scoliosis of the spine. And I prayed for her. Now, Sid, when I prayed for her, I was under a healing anointing, but I didn't feel like anything spectacular. I didn't, I didn't hear angels singing in the background. You know what? I think many of us get faked out because we don't have a good feeling. In fact, I, I have to tell you my favorite story about a man in heaven. His name is Kenneth Hagen, mm. and uh, he was at my home congregation ministering, uh, and he uh, had everyone come forward that, need, that was sick, and he laid hands on them. Well, he laid hands on everyone there, and everyone fell over in the spirit except one woman. She was from France. She was the uh, aunt of one of the members in our congregation, and she had a horrible cancer, Mm. tumor of the brain, malignant, no hope. She was the only one that didn't go down. So my peanut brain said, she's not healed. Right. She gets back to France, goes to the doctor— total miracle occurred. No feeling. (laughs) Only one of maybe a hundred people that didn't fall over. Sure. We have to remember that all of the gifts operate by faith. Now, let's go back to that 16-year-old. Right. So when I I prayed for her, I knew there was an anointing, but it's not like it was like super tangible where you could just feel power flowing. But nevertheless, I knew the Lord touched her. And so she went back to her chair. The meeting's over. And I, I left town and continued my next meeting, but the pastor called me two days later. He said, Brother Stephen, he said the next morning when she woke up, she got out of her bed and her back was completely healed. She had a doctor's appointment that, that day. She went to the doctor with her mother, and they walked into the doctor's office, and the doctor said, oh, my Lord, what happened to your back? She said, the Lord Jesus has healed me. He thoroughly examined her back, and she was completely healed after having wearing a back brace every day of her life. And at that time, the back specialist also came in who would make the adjustment on the device that she had to wear every day to tighten it or loosen it. He came in and also examined her and was basically uh, notified that his services were no longer needed. Well, I've got to ask you this question. I ask my guests this often uh, because it's something I'm trying to understand. I know that the gifts of the Spirit are from God. I know that people are healed. But we all—you're a pastor. You bump into people that have sat under your teaching, and 
they're still not healed, and then they end up dying. Uh, well, uh, let's not talk about them, but why are some people healed and others are not? And they're sitting under the same teaching. I know you've pondered this. Right. There are some things that we'll never know. I think there's an area where the secret things belong to the Lord, and you can never fully look into a person's heart. A person can say, I believe, I have faith, I believe, I have faith, but you still can't really look in there like only the Lord can to see if maybe there's something in there, those intangibles that we can't touch. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe they're mad at somebody. They're not willing to let that go. And you ask them, now, have you forgiven everybody? Do you have a clean slate? Everything good? Oh, yes, Pastor Stephen, I, I made everything right with the Lord. But see, you can't overstep that area that's personal in people's lives. So a lot of this we'll, we'll never know. Uh, so that's just between them and the Lord. All I know is that we just have to keep on praying for the people because many will receive and many will uh, take those blessings by faith that God intends for them to have. Uh, in your book, you talk about uh, a Greek word uh, for the English word, desire. We are to desire spiritual gifts. What does that really mean in the Greek? Well, in the fullness, it means that we're to have a burning, on-fire, boiling point desire to go after these gifts. Now, see, these are grace gifts. In other words, we can't earn them. We can't say, well, Lord, I did 10,000 spiritual push-ups, so therefore I deserve mm-hmm. the gifts. They are received by, by faith through grace. But at the same time, the other side of that coin is that we have to desire them. Somebody might say, well, if God wants me to have them, I guess he'll just give them to me. Well, it doesn't work like that. He said you are to desire these gifts. So we have to pursue the Lord so that these gifts will be manifested in our lives. And when we do that, we show God that we're hungry, and he'll certainly uh, answer our prayers. Uh, Just briefly, because I know you're a prophet, what do you see happening to believers in the near future in the operation of these gifts? Do you see us getting into a whole new level? I see a move of God that is so powerful that what we would recognize as as the ministers or the speakers— it, it, will be, it will be too much. Uh, in other words, the ministers cannot hold it down. So the, the body of Christ has to take their place. So the body of Christ has to be anointed. The body of Christ needs to be able to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, if there's sick people that the minister can't get to, then there needs to be believers who have knowledge of the gifts of the Spirit, who will put a reliance and trust upon the Lord to empower them, who will go over there and lay hands on the sick, and God will do miracles through them. But, you know, even beyond that, the people we want to reach, they're not in the church. Absolutely. They're they're, they're at school. They're in offices. They're where you shop. They're the doctors. They're the attorneys. And what if you bring Jesus to them rather than expect them to come to you as a non-believer. Right. See, I believe that old statement that divine healing is the dinner bell for the lost. Uh, And so when that bell is rung, people will come to Christ. And there's a certain element where sometimes an unbeliever, they don't really care what you teach as long as you can get their sick daughter healed. Okay. So I believe that God has his people in many different career paths. And right where you're at, a person can reach and make an impact with the power of the Holy Spirit right where they're at, because that person may never come to church. But you can pray for that person right there and watch God's power flow right there. 
Now, Stephen, uh, you you live up in the uh, Moravian Falls yes. in the Carolinas, uh, and that's quite a historic spot. And many of my friends that live in that area, they seem to have such a sensitivity to spirit, and they see lots of angels. Do you? Well, there are times when I see into the glory realm, and I tell you what, I never get tired of it, Sid. And the Lord is faithful to open that realm up to us as we seek Him, and God can open our spiritual eyes, open our spiritual senses to come into that realm and not just have these little visits, but merge into a place where it becomes an ongoing occurrence. Tell me the neatest experience you ever had involving an angel. Well, I've had different angels come to me. They all have different purposes. They have different assignments from the Lord. I had a tremendous angel, a very powerful angel under the Lord's command come to me just a couple of years ago, and his name was Boaz. And he told me that his assignment was to bring provision to those who are called to establish kingdom projects. For instance, said if somebody is called to establish a a Christian hospital or Christian orphanage, or if a pastor is called to raise up a new sanctuary building, uh, what the purpose of this angel is, is that he has many other angels that work beneath him, and they influence Boaz-type individuals to support the work of God. In other words, it says in Ruth chapter 2 that Boaz was a mighty man of wealth. And so whenever you have a kingdom project, you'll need some money to help complete that project and bring it to pass. And so there are angels that go to work to cause people of wealth to connect with a God-given project and see that project completed and built to the glory of God. Someone is involved right now that's listening to us in a God-ordained project. How do they get an angel like Boaz to... uh, go out in the highways and byways and have the millionaire bring the funds. One of the most important things that you have to do is you have to know that that project is from God. In other words, it can't just be, well, this is a good idea. I think I'll try to do this. It has to be an assignment that the Lord has given to you. And it's something that you so know that you're supposed to do that it centers around a primary life calling that you have. You know that uh, whether it's like Noah, he was called by God to build that ark. And so you know God has assigned in a project to you and you need help. Oftentimes with these projects, uh, even to get it rolling, you need somebody to step in and make a, a, a sizable contribution. Once that happens, it seems like now it begins to roll right. and others come on board. But how do you get that first break? You need a Boaz. You need a person like Boaz in the Bible who okay. is a mighty I'm, person I'm going to take you. Uh, you have a project. You know it's from God. How would you pray? I'd say, Lord, this project is bigger than I I am. Lord, I don't have the ability or the empowerment to do this. Now, Lord, you're going to have to send help. Now, Lord, let the angels go forth and bring in the necessary help so that the financial provision for this work can be fulfilled and accomplished. You said angels have assignments. Have you ever seen angels whose assignment might be revival? There are angels of revival. Just recently, Sid, only about a week ago, I was ministering in Ohio, and I, was, I, was, I had finished my portion of preaching. Now I'm just prophetically flowing in the Spirit, ministering, talking under the anointing, and suddenly 
I walked into an angel. My hand bumped into an angel. <laughs> it felt like sticking your hand into some type of heavenly gel substance. It, it was solid, but at the same time, it, you could push it a little bit. Hmm. And I said, I said, Lord, I said, who is this who has come into the meeting? And the Lord said, this is the angel breakthrough. And when I, uh, when I announced that the angel breakthrough is here, the whole place just broke out in joy and praise unto the Lord. And it just created a spirit of faith that exploded in the place. And I said, there will be a breakthrough for those listening to this voice. Whoever I'm speaking to, there'll be a breakthrough within 72 hours. And Sid, within, the, uh, within three days, I had a breakthrough in my life, a very, very unusual breakthrough, staggering breakthrough. And it happened. The angel came under the Lord's command and broke something special through. Now, I know you operate in what uh, one of the gifts is called word of knowledge. What is the word of knowledge? Word of knowledge is a breakthrough gift that uh, brings not an encyclopedia of knowledge, not a page of knowledge, but a word. Sometimes maybe it could be literally one word, sometimes a short sentence, but it brings a word of knowledge that deals with the past or present information. For instance, Jesus ministered to the woman at the well. And sometimes it's hard to really get to minister to the people because we put these walls up and we, pr- we protect and we hide and, uh, because of pain or, or failure or disappointment. So this lady had walls up and Jesus, uh, it appears, wasn't making too much progress as far as ministering to her until he said, go call your husband. And she said, I don't have one. He said, you're right. He said, you don't have one. You've been married five times, and the man that you're with now, you're not married to him either. And so that word of knowledge was a breakthrough gift. And the moment he released that word of knowledge, then now he can touch her. He's got her heart. And then after that, it allows the other gifts to come in and the love of God to flood into a person's heart. Now, distinguish between word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Word of knowledge deals with past or present information. Word of wisdom will always speak towards the future, and the word of wisdom is a word to you from God that reveals the perfect plan and will of God concerning a specific situation. Can you recall one that was very meaningful in your life? The word of wisdom to me, is such a precious gift. It's, it's worth more than all of the gold, all of the riches in the world. And when the Lord speaks these words of wisdom to me, uh, it just makes you want to so thank and love and honor the Lord. Said the, the most often way that I receive the word of wisdom is through my Bible. Sometimes I won't even be thinking about anything, but maybe I'll just pick up my Bible randomly and set it down. And there's times it seems like a scripture just lifts up off the page in a 3D hologram form. And I remember recently while talking with my daughter uh, late into the night about God's plan for her life and how the Lord loves her. And we had such a wonderful talk about the Lord. I put her to sleep. She went to bed. I went downstairs. And before I, I went to sleep, I thought I'd just grab my Bible, maybe get one more scripture in. I opened it up, and this verse lifted up off the page. It looked like the Holy Spirit highlighted it in a 3D hologram, and it said, great will be the peace of your children. Hmm. And it was so timely. It was, it was literally the Lord speaking that word to me. It was a word of wisdom for my child. Uh, you know, when word of knowledge started operating in my life, uh, I had no mentoring. I had no examples. I had no one to show me what to do. 
And so for a while, I would hear it and do nothing with it. Right. Then <laughs> I got the idea, what if I called the people forward, like I would hear the word back, uh, everyone with a back problem, come forward. And I pray for them, everyone would be healed. Then I went to the next level with that gift. I began saying, everyone with a back problem, if you will just stand up and bend over where you're seated, you'll be healed right where you're seated. So what I found is, it, you know what it is? I, I guess it's what you talk about in the book, you, the new book and the three CD set. The more information you have, I wish I had had this when I first started. This book will fast track your walk in the spirit. And this, birth, this book is years and years and years of experience I learned in the ministry operating uh, uh, at times in very adverse situations. And I took all the, the good points and I put them into the book. And so a person can take this and apply it and you won't have to reinvent the wheel. You'll so be up what, and running. What if when you first started, you had all this information? What difference would it have made in your life? I'd been 15 years ahead in the ministry. If I knew some of those things, if I, and like you're saying, you're getting these words of knowledge and, or I'm getting a word of wisdom. I had no clue of how much profit that would actually bring into my life. If I, if I would just obey it, I thought it was optional, but the, the word of wisdom particularly is never optional. You, you must obey, obey it, or you will suffer loss or harm. And so if you do exactly what the Lord says, then you'll always move ahead towards your purpose and fulfillment of your life calling. Out of curiosity, uh, it's a brand new book and three CD set experiencing miracles in your everyday life, but you've been teaching this for a while. What happens with people that aren't operating the gifts and they sit under your teaching? One of the most important things is that a person will see the value of these gifts. And what happened to me is when I began to realize the power of the Holy Spirit coming forth through these gifts, I said, I almost wanted to pull my hair out in frustration of all the missed opportunities from the previous years. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that was the Spirit of God moving. If I would have just stepped out and followed that manifestation of that gift, there's no telling what tremendous miracle would have happened. So when I caught on to this, I was always keen to take advantage of those opportunities when the Spirit comes forth. And so a person will receive tremendous joy and happiness into their life. As these gifts come forth, they yield to the Spirit. It will bring great blessing into their life. Now, one of the gifts you really flow in is, and, and, and you actually flow in all nine gifts, but uh, one of your dominant gifts is the gift of prophecy. When did you, what is prophecy for starters? Prophecy is declaring and speaking forth the, uh, through a known language what is on the heart of God that God wants to express to a body of believers or perhaps even to an unbeliever or to an individual. So it could be uh, a teaching that he wants expressed to a group. It could be, or it could be something uh, more revealing. I was preaching one time uh, in a Baptist church, and I turned to the pastor. I said, Pastor Mike, I said, the Holy Spirit just told me that God's going to give you a church building, your own church building, and it's going to happen within a year. Well, uh, 51 weeks went by, and on the last week of the year, just before the year was up, somebody gave him a church building, gave him the keys for, to it. The whole building was paid off. The prophecy I, I, came to pass. I'm going to turn you loose with the gift of prophecy on tomorrow's broadcast. Stephen Brooks, 
What is God telling you that you're supposed to be doing? Sid, the the Lord wants to release, particularly right now, the gifts of healings to those who are listening. God wants this grace, this gift to flow into their lives. And as I pray this prayer, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon many people. There's going to be a manifestation of heat, of fire, that'll come upon their hands as an indication that this gift has been given unto them. Tell me, just before you pray for people, to kind of whet the appetite about the time uh, that you were operating the gifts of healing and your arm burst into flames. I was ministering in Israel, having a wonderful conference. Do you minister anywhere else besides (laughs) Israel? Well, it says to the Jew first, right? Okay. (laughs) And so we try to get around. We've been to many countries in almost every state. I know that. It's just fun that what the Lord does, though, sometimes in Israel, these unusual things that have a special touch. Well, I had done a busy week in Israel. The meetings were over. My wife and I went to the central Jerusalem bus stop just to find a good coffee house. She wanted the cappuccino. I wanted the latte. Now, see, that's the difference. Now, I'm a Jew. When I go around Jerusalem, I look for a good falafel. Okay. You look for some good latte. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the aromas over there are great coffee houses. So anyhow, we found the great spot. I went and sat down because I was just physically tired, mentally drained also. My wife went in line. While she was in line, two older Jewish ladies uh I don't think they knew where the line originated, so they cut in front of my wife. I think actually the angels pushed them in front of her, and they were getting ready to place their order. And one of the ladies said, oh, my back is just killing me. I am in so much pain. And the other one said, yeah, I'm still just in continual pain also. And my wife tapped him on the shoulder and said, my husband is sitting right over there, and he has an international healing ministry. Why don't you go see him? He'll pray for you. So they got their coffees, and they came and sat down. And said, I was, I was so tired. They asked me if I would pray for them, and I didn't feel any anointing, no goosebumps, no anything, just as flat as a pancake. And so they said, would you please pray for us? I said, okay, I'll do it, but there's just one condition. I have to pray in the name of Jesus. They said, shh, don't say that word out loud. You'll cause a riot in here. I said, okay. I said, I'll be, I'll be quiet. But I said, I have to use his name because it's in the authority of his name that there's power. They said, okay, but we just want you to know we don't want anything to do with that person. They wouldn't even call his name, Sid. They said, we want nothing to do with him. I said, fair deal. Let me pray for you. I prayed for the first lady reached my hand over and touched her, laid hands on her and prayed for her in the name of Jesus. And there was no fireworks, nothing special. And she just took it by faith. And then I was reaching my hand over to pray for the second lady. When I reached my hand over towards her, my whole arm from the elbow down to my fingers caught completely on fire, a spiritual fire. You couldn't see it with your natural eyes, but a spiritual fire engulfed my arm. And that lady jumped back. She said, dear God, what is that? I said, don't be afraid. It's the healing power of God. And I reached out and gently touched her. And when I said it's the healing power of God, the other lady spoke up and said, well, I'm over here burning up on fire. I thought they spiked my coffee and put something in it. (laughs) And so the fire of God just came on both of those ladies, and they were touched dramatically by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then they had to jump up quickly and head to their bus to catch their bus. And they looked like two drunks walking out. They could hardly walk under the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what? I believe 
that some people are going to write to us that the same thing is going on with them as you begin to pray. And I just heard a word of knowledge. Uh, Just before Stephen prays, there's someone that has a pain in their neck and their back. If you'll just test it, you'll see you're totally healed. Arthritis in your finger. I'll tell you what, when I sit around people that operate in the gifts, it kind of is contagious. It jumps on me. Okay, pray. (laughs) Brain cancer is being healed right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. There is uh, something in the the spine, the the lower part of the back. Somebody has a, a, a growth. There's cysts. There's tumors. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. You must leave and come out. Begin to move your body around. Somebody, you feel like you're on fire. You you think, Pastor Stephen, I'm not sick. You're receiving the gifts of healing right now. The fire of God is coming all over you. Your hands, they feel like they're on fire. The Holy Spirit is touching you. The Lord Jesus right now, he is giving unto you the gifts of healings. Pastor Stephen, what do I do with it? Now, you need to go out and pray for the sick as quick as you can. Hallelujah. The gift of faith is being released right now. Special faith, a new boldness that you've never had before is coming. Coming up on your life, step into this gift, put it on like a new garment and wear it and rejoice this day for God is releasing these gifts into your life. Now, the Lord is continuing to heal bodies at this moment. Somebody is suffering with migraine headaches and depression. I break it in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing. You're beginning to laugh right now. Go ahead and let it out and praise the Lord. That thing will trouble you and hold you down no longer. Hallelujah. Praise be unto the Lord. Sid, I'm receiving something unusual from the Lord. The Lord is telling me that there are those who are listening who've always had a desire to go to Israel. And the Lord says he would like to grant that desire. So if there's those listening who you've always dreamed of taking a trip to Israel, of taking the tour, ask the Lord right now, and he'll supply grace and provision for you to fulfill that dream and see him and stand in the land of Israel. I'll tell you something. There's such a thick presence of God right now. Um, What is God telling you for people that are listening? I'm going to want you to push your prophetic gift right now. What's taking place is now I saw the the prophetic pointing finger being extended of the Lord. The Lord is now releasing the gift of prophecy. This is the... This is the easiest gift to move into. This gift is for edification, for exhortation, and for comfort. And it can also have uh, different levels and depths of moving further in that gift. Right now, the gift of prophecy is being released. If you want that gift, as you're listening, lift up your hands. As the Holy Spirit is coming on you now, he is anointing your tongue to speak and to declare forth the glory and the utterance of God. Now receive this gift. You're feeling a, a glory, a kabod come down on your shoulders. You feel a weight coming upon you. This is a new gift, a new dimension of this gift. Now go forth. You might have to call somebody. You might need to go visit somebody and deliver that uplifting and edifying word of the Lord. It will bring blessing and comfort into the life of the person that you're supposed to share it with. Do not delay. Go and exercise and release that gift. Wow. (laughs) It's such a sweet presence of God here. Uh, Tell me what's going to happen to someone listening to us that's born again, filled with the Spirit, but doesn't operate in gifts. When they get a hold of your brand new book, How to Operate in the Gifts of the Spirit, and your three-CD set, Experiencing Miracles in Your Everyday Life, what will happen to them when they digest this and start doing it? 
said they're going to read a few pages, and they're going to say, oh, this is easy. I can do this. Okay, now I understand. See, I demystify the gifts. Uh, Sometimes they're lifted up to a place where they're like a spiritual air castle. You can't quite touch it. You can't make a concrete understanding out of it. But I I put it in a simple, easy-to-grasp, understandable way, and then you'll know it. You'll begin to move into it. It'll begin to pop up out of you. All you have to do is release it. Stephen, last minute, last thought. The gifts of the Spirit are for all believers. Any believer can operate in all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what's fascinating. The Lord Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. When these gifts begin to come into your life and manifest in a way where you're blessed, personally, it's wonderful. But when the Holy Spirit begins to manifest these gifts through you to bless others, it brings a level of joy and satisfaction in your life that when you lay your head on your pillow at night, you feel so close to God, you feel so happy that you'll always be thanking God for the Holy Spirit. The more knowledge you have on these gifts, the more they'll be activated in your life. Now, the thing that's so exciting is that these three CDs you've put together called Experiencing Miracles in Your Everyday Life, at the end of each CD, there is a special impartation by Stephen Brooks. And I'm going to tell you something. What you're feeling right now, you're going to feel right in your home when you listen to these three CDs and the book, How to Operate in the Gifts of the Spirit, available for a gift of $35. It's the Shabbat broadcast. The Lord has already blessed you. The Lord, he's already smiled upon you. The Lord, he's already given you his favor. The Lord, he's already given you his gifting. You have those gifts right now. The Lord has already given you his shalom, his completeness in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. In the name of the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yeshua HaMashiach Tzikenu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness. Place a credit card order for today's offer? Call anytime at 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, 
Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.